and moving on to the next segment here. Last week on the channel, I was talking about the YouTuber John Sanmez. He's the creator of Bulldog Mindset, which is a different program available here on YouTube. And he entered into some type of personality conflict with another YouTuber named John Anthony. And the disagreement is over how do you confront scammers? And I try and relate this to the Zodiac Killer mystery, because there are lots of people out there who are selling Zodiac Killer books, and I personally believe that some of them are genuine frauds. They are not people who are simply promoting an alternative theory that they happen to support. No, they are genuine frauds. They're lying to people. Sometimes it could be done for profit. Sometimes it might just be done for attention, and they just want to draw up a crowd, or they want to be interviewed, or they want the cameras on them. But a lot of the times, I think it's mostly done with trying to earn a little bit of money. And I listed off several people in last week's Zodiac Killer News Report. And if you haven't heard that one yet, that should have been May 23rd of 2022. And there's a very big section in there on Zodiac Frogs. But as I said, I played a video clip from John Sonmez of Bulldog Mindset. And somebody made a response to his video, and by somebody, I mean, it's the guy he's in this feud with, John Anthony, and I'm going to play a clip from his channel, it's called John Anthony Lifestyle, talking about how we should confront scammers. Let's say that we had a whole bunch of people openly robbing people, okay? Should we say, oh, well, the behavior of robbing people is bad, okay? But let's let this robbing continue, uh, because we don't want to say their names. Yes, yeah, saying their names fucking singles them out and lets people be aware so they're not robbed too. Okay, call everyone knows robbing is bad. Okay? Everyone knows shithead fucking scamming behavior is bad. That's nothing new. I'm not gonna go and make a bunch of videos. Oh yeah, well uh this kind of scamming behavior is bad. This kind of scamming behavior is bad. This kind of scamming behavior is bad. Everyone fucking knows that. That's not up for debate. Everyone knows that it's wrong to fucking rip people off. Everyone knows that it's wrong to pretend to be an expert, okay? Everyone knows it's wrong to be a fake guru. The fucking, you know, major uh, important point is it's this fucker being a huge fucking piece of shit. RSD Tyler. It's this fucker being a fucking piece of shit, okay? And naming them all in turn with the reasons why, okay? And that's not slander when I'm giving actual real true things that are behind them, okay? I'm not inventing facts or giving... You know, speculations based on what I think. I'm showing this motherfucker is a motherfucker for this reason and this reason and this reason. Okay, there's no reason to just talk about the behavior in general. Okay, it's like if I just started making videos. Uh, it's wrong to kill people. It's wrong to kill people. You shouldn't kill people, right? And then we have, like, all these people going around killing people. We're not going to talk about those people, okay? Especially when they're part of the fucking, you know, actual community doing this fucking shit. No, we're just going to talk about the behavior. I don't need... And that goes on for a while. But I think you can get the idea. And I don't know if this was a publicity stunt or not, because these two guys that are in this type of personality feud are friends, and they even say that at the beginning of both of their episodes. But there really doesn't seem to be too much of a disagreement, because in the clip that I played last week, it seems extremely similar to this one from John Anthony when it says that if you're going to call somebody out for being a scammer, then 
provide reasons to do so. Yes, call people out by name. And last week on the channel, I shared the people that I thought were genuine scammers selling Zodiac Killer books. But at this time, I would like to introduce that as a challenge question to you guys. Who is someone whom you believe is a genuine fraud selling Zodiac-related materials? And if you do respond to the challenge question, I would like to see your reason why in the comments section. It's like a two-part question, who and why. And as I said, I shared my responses last week, but not a lot of people weighed in. So I would invite you to do so. But if you listen to that clip from John Anthony there, in between the expletives, he did say something about there's a difference between actually providing the reasons and simply speculating. Because to do somewhat of an abrupt Zodiac Killer pivot, there's a guy out there named David Gold who is running a YouTube channel, and he's selling a book called My Dance with the Zodiac Killer. And he talks about how the Zodiac Killer was Frank Morris, and um, also with a, with assistance from John and Clarence Anglin, the three guys who did the escape from Alcatraz in 1962. And some people genuine say, genuinely say that he is a fraud. As for me, I have my suspicions, but I cannot prove it. Like, I cannot show you the reasons why I think that he is a fraud, other than the fact that he says that he doesn't remember a lot of the events that he has learned about his suspect, Frank Morris, whom he claims that he knew personally, and that's how he formulated his Zodiac theory. He knew these guys for years. I mean, I can't show you how he's making up the story, but he did say he doesn't remember the stuff firsthand. He uses a technique to unlock memories, and I would still have to put that in the speculative category, so I didn't include him in the fraudulent segment. But um, I would like to ask that question one more time. Who is a genuine fraud selling Zodiac materials and why? As for David Gold, though, you guys know I follow his videos because I'm always curious what people have to say. He put out a video recently on the murder of Ray Davis, which occurred in 1962. And even if, even if you just get away from this Zodiac Alcatraz conspiracy, Zodiac Alcatraz far out theory, the reasons why he talked about how this possible crime that was committed by the Zodiac Killer should be listed as non-Zodiac were rather interesting because Ray Davis was a taxi driver in Oceanside, California, who was murdered in April of 1962. A lot of people believe that he was the first uh, confirmed victim of the Zodiac. This was the absolute first Zodiac crime. And I'm more on the side that I don't believe Ray Davis was killed by the Zodiac Killer there's a lot of uh, debate and discussions going back and forth, but the reasons put forward in David Gold's video about why the Zodiac did not murder Ray Davis is that a lot of people think Ray Davis was killed by the Zodiac because there were phone calls made taking credit for the crime, and the Zodiac made phone calls after the Blue Rock Springs shooting on July 4th and after the Lake Berryessa stabbing on July not July, September 27th of 1969. But what David Gold said was that at, with the murder of Ray Davis, a phone call also came before the crime was committed, saying, I'm going to pull something real nasty here in Oceanside, and you will never figure it out. And that is um completely contrary to the Zodiac's behavior, he also pointed out an observation that I've made myself, and that's that 
the murderer of Ray Davis threatened a bus driver, and the Zodiac didn't kill any bus drivers. The reason why people think that the murder of Ray Davis was the Zodiac killer is, as I said, the taunting phone calls, but as you heard, Ray Davis was a taxi driver, and Paul Stein was also a taxi driver, the final confirmed Zodiac victim, and there are a lot of similarities between the murder of Ray Davis and the murder of Paul Stein, and that leads into what I call the full circle theory, where they think that the murder of Paul Stein is meant to copy the murder of Ray Davis, like the first and the last, and the second crime could have been the Domingo Edwards murders in 1963, which was meant to copy, and the Lake Berryessa stabbing was meant to copy that. So it's kind of working in a circular pattern, where the Zodiac's activity is trying to do just that, go full circle. I think some other reasons why the Zodiac did not murder Ray Davis are that the body of Ray Davis was moved to a dump site, which was placed, oh, near the home of the mayor of Oceanside, actually. The Zodiac absolutely did not do that. Zodiac had so many opportunities to move somebody's body. Say, for example, at Lake Hermit Road with David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, there were no witnesses. No one saw those murders. We have no idea what the perpetrator looked like at Lake Hermit Road. He could have transported somebody's body to a different location and done some type of weird posing and arrangement of the body, but he did not. The Zodiac almost never touched the bodies of the victims post-mortem. And also, I mean, I really think it's kind of a reasonable observation that the Zodiac didn't make a phone call before Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs, to the best of our knowledge. I mean, I suppose anything's possible, but I don't think we have any record of that. So that crime appears to be somewhat different. And then there are people out there like Michael Cole, who is the author of the Zodiac Revisited Trilogy, who says that many of the unconfirmed crimes are are the work of the Zodiac. He includes um, the Domingo Edwards murders, the Swindle murders, Sherry Jo Bates, Donna Lass, Kathleen Johns. All of those crimes were committed by the Zodiac. But he does not include the murder of Ray Davis from 1962, because... He believes that the Zodiac was driven by heterosexual animosity, more or less what um, law enforcement even talked about at the time, saying that there was a sweetheart slayer on the loose in Southern California going after the um, Robert Domingos and Linda Edwards on June, June uh, 4th of 1963, then going after Johnny Ray and Joyce Swindle in 1964, heterosexual animosity targeting couples, a man and a woman, together, and then changed the pattern with the murder of Sherry Jo Bates because he wanted to do something very methodical. And it's definitely a cold, methodical, and calculating theory if you ever read the Zodiac Revisited trilogy by Michael Cole. But that also excludes the murder of Ray Davis. And you can always um, share your observations about the murder of Ray Davis from 1962. I know you guys in the comments section have really looked into a lot of um, his, a lot of the reasons why you believe that he was a genuine Zodiac victim and that it's part of a bigger theory. I'm always going to be listening and mostly, mostly approaching things with an open mind. But on the notion of Zodiac scammers, there are also some people where I don't think that they're necessarily frauds. I just think that they are 
confused, and they might not even understand what's going on them themselves, and they're the type of people who don't necessarily care about the truth. Instead, they're just trying to talk in circles and see if anybody is listening to them at the end of the day. And I did this one episode once called um, How True Crime Writers Lie to Us, and I really didn't get to include a lot of those observations. But that's it, though. That's it. They're just trying to treat it like a storytelling contest, or they're just having fun with it, and they aren't actually paying attention to the, the question, did these events actually happen? You know, it's not like a fictional story where like, hey, I'm a big fan of this TV show, and they haven't written the ending yet. I'm really going to try to get the attention of the producers, because I think that my idea for the ending is better than anything they could come up with, and maybe once we get to season 12, episode 23, they're going to do my episode. No. This, these are sub, these are real historical events that happen. Real people were murdered, but some people are. When you you really have to wonder though when they're pushing some type of far out, twisted theory that is involving people who almost certainly couldn't have been, the Zodiac, and do they even really believe the theory themselves? And I ask that question all the time, whether it's about Zodiac researchers or politicians or people who are involved in, like, um, far-out sects of philosophy and psychology that just seem too bizarre for their own good. I'm, I always ask that question. Do they actually believe that? Because I do think that there's a lot of misrepresentation in the world. And um, if you would like, once again, to hear about the uh, scams that I talked about, you can go to the Zodiac News Report on May 23rd, but also you can weigh in in the comment section down below about someone who do you think is a genuine scammer and if you call them out by name please provide the reasons why and of course the um respond to the murder of ray davis comments there but i would like to circle back in a different way to another um zodiac suspect because at the beginning of the episode i was talking about richard gaikowski and he is the one that was heavily promoted by zodiackiller.com when i first began looking into the Zodiac case in 2011, and um, I saw a video about Richard Gajkowski, and I went right over to ZodiacKiller.com. I saw that his name was in red at the top, and he was in red for many, many years. This guy was either a criminal, or he had the worst luck in the world. Because in addition to being accused of the Zodiac crimes, he was also accused of being the Unabomber, as I said at the beginning, although that seems like its own type of personality feud between Blaine Blaine and Richard Gajkowski. I really don't know what those guys actually did together. Part of me wishes that I had a time machine and one of those, like, animality, animorph capabilities so I could have just been a fly on the wall during the um, conversations or interactions between Gajk and Goldcatcher. So... What actually happened in, like, is there just um, some very bizarre events that uh, went on between these two guys? But we will hear about that in the future. Knock on wood and rich with possibility. If Blaine ever completes his book, Goldcatcher in the Zodiac. But let's look at some of the other possible co coincidences or 
Bizarre things surrounding Richard Gajkowski as a Zodiac suspect. Firstly, the Zodiac wrote letters into newspapers, right? And Richard Gajkowski worked for the newspaper The Good Times, very familiar with the newspaper business. And this is important because it's about having the expectation that this type of story is going to get coverage in this way, this is going to be printed in that way. And the Vallejo Times Herald is the newspaper that got the FBI involved because they contacted the FBI in the Zodiac case because of extortion. And they're like, hey, this person says if you don't print this in the paper, he's going to go on a kill rampage. I mean, that's like something that the FBI would handle. And that type of understanding of the newspaper business, that he's going to get a response in a desired way, could have um, been somebody like Gajkowski. But the other point is that I revealed that um, solution to the the C-13 cipher, which reveals Gajkowski's age and birth date. And, I mean, again, is that just a coincidence? Is that just manipulating the numbers? If that is, though, that's a pretty big coincidence. And also, there is the Albany connection that I'm sure you've heard about online, where one of the Zodiac killer victims was Darlene Farron, and she goes to Albany, New York, and Richard Gajkowski goes to Albany, New York, and he's working in the same building as Darlene Farron's husband, and then they both go back to California. And what I said back in 2019 on this channel was, if that is true, that he just happens to be working in the same building and her husband on the other side of the country, and then he goes back to California, and she goes back to California, and she becomes the most famous victim in the Zodiac Killer case, and he becomes one of the prime suspects in the Zodiac Killer case, and none of that is actually related? That is just one of the most shocking coincidences in the entire mystery, and the um, Albany connection shouldn't be um, downplayed because, I mean, that I definitely get suspicious about it. I don't know if I could ever bring that into a court of law. And when I had the opportunity to discuss Richard Gajkowski with Tom Foyt on this channel, you can um, hear that in the episode Zodiac Richard Gajkowski AMA. But one point was he told a story via email that the detective Ken Narlow says that he can place Gajkowski in Darlene Farron's home prior to her murder. And this relates to a bigger theory. And that is that Tom Voigt can correct me if I get any of this wrong, but he thinks that the murders that happened before the Zodiac crimes were also Gajkowski, Ray Davis, Domingo Edwards, Sherry Jo Bates, and then the Lake Herman Road murders beginning in 1968. None of those crimes have an exact letter, then they definitely don't have somebody writing a letter saying, this is the Zodiac speaking. The name Zodiac is not used in any of those crimes. What could have happened? Well, there could have been some type of sexual humiliation going on between Darlene Farron and Richard Gajkowski. Could that have been a motivation for somebody to create the Zodiac persona and target a specific person and the reason why he would tar target Darlene Farron is Richard Gajkowski was a homosexual, but he was still battling his homosexuality, and he wasn't completely sure if he was going to live the life of a gay man, or he's still um, trying to deny 
that part of his um, existence, for lack of a better term. And there could have been some type of sexual humiliation going on with Darlene Farron because Darlene was rather open about her sexual choices. And if Richard Gajkowski is indeed in her home, some type of event happened and he couldn't perform and something she did bothered him. So that's why this person who already had homicidal tendencies decided to create the Zodiac persona. It's a way of restoring the broken ego. Now, did that actually happen? Literally? I'm, I'm not sure it's an unsolved case, but what do you think you can weigh in in the comments section down below? And at first I thought that that would, I mean, this was my own genuine piece of criticism to that theory. That would make a little bit more sense to me if Darlene Farron had been the first victim, if she had been the first victim of this serial killer, not like the fifth or the sixth, as I said, going from 1962 onward, Darlene Farron wasn't murdered until 1969. But then I began to think, well, I do have to admit, she would have been the first victim where the Zodiac would have announced his persona. The first murder committed when the Zodiac was intending to announce his persona, because that, I believe the first time this is the Zodiac speaking is used, is in, um, that was on August 4th of 1969. But I think the reasons why... Gajkowski should get a lower rating on the suspect list is all of those are just possibilities or those are just coincidences as of now as of now and I know Microdelli is saying that we don't have the Zodiac's DNA but that's not really hard evidence or there is a certain element of storytelling and guesswork that has to be incorporated into a theory that is involving Richard Gajkowski and in the past, I gave him a 5 out of 10 in terms of likelihood of him being the Zodiac, which is only about a 50-50 chance. But then I upped it to 6 out of 10 because of all of the coincidences that just seemed to be, I mean, really quite shocking. So I said 6 out of 10. That's not like an 8 or a 9 or something. And I'm definitely not convinced that Gajkowski was the Zodiac, but I cannot understate how much um, crap this guy had to put up with in life. Because it's not only being accused of the Zodiac or being accused of the Unabomber or trying to um, have some type of crisis of sexuality. Gajkowski was also a schizophrenic. Gajkowski also had cancer and died of cancer in 2004. I mean, it's just... Prob one problem after another. You know that whole thing about life as a test, life as an examination, and um, how are you going to respond? Well, I am so thankful that I don't have to um, be accused of being a serial killer, dealing with schizophrenia and cancer, all of them, in a 40-year time frame. Well, I mean, who knows what the next 40 years are going to have, but I hope none of that comes about. So, I mean, rest in peace to uh, Dick Gajkowski, and I think that's all. And I would like to thank you so much for listening to this episode. And one more time, though, there are some things that you can find in the description box. Free downloads available at Launchpad 1. You can also support the show at buymeacoffee.com. There's the book Killer on a White Horse, the Teespring page for merchandise. 
And anybody can write the show at blackboxall9radio at AOL.com. You can also get me on Facebook. My personal Facebook is in the description box as well as a page for Black Box All 9 Radio. But I mostly interact with my personal page, which you can find there. And there is always BlackBoxNed88 on Instagram. And you can uh, keep in touch. Uh, send me a DM if there's something about any of these true crime cases that you would like to talk about. And this year on the channel, I've been doing a regular segment about the Long Island serial killer. And really, um, I didn't expect that it would turn into so many episodes, turning into something like with Zodiac Mondays, well, there's Long Island Wednesdays. Uh, that sounds like um, something that is much light, lighter than it actually is, because the Long Island serial killer mystery is just absolutely saddening. I mean, yes, the Zodiac Killer case is too, because real people were murdered, but all of the um, mutilations and just the stories of dissecting bodies, it's way, way more gruesome in the Lisk mystery. But I've been doing a regular segment about it on Wednesdays, and it really is um, a bigger story to tell because they have so many more confirmed victims and even unconfirmed victims. 10 to 16 people were murdered by the Long Island serial killer over a span of about 15 years. It's just short of 15 years, which is a typical reign of terror for a serial killer. That is such a big difference with the Zodiac case because the absolute concentration of Zodiac activity is from 1968 to 69, whereas the Long Island serial killer was really operating um what what you would think a serial killer would do, there's like a murder in 96, and then in 97, and 2000, 2003. But if you'd like to hear more about that case, that'll be coming out on Wednesdays. And for the next couple of weeks on the Anything Goes Friday segment, I'll be doing a story about Stephen Avery, as I said, making a murderer. Different aspects of the true crime world. As always, you can like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I will see you over on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.